Ion 2020, episode 212. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? It is Friday, and I am sure all of you have been waiting for this episode to come out on Friday. Not because it is your Friday episode, but because you are one step closer to a Saturday and Sunday. Hopefully, all of y'all are off and having a looking forward to a really good weekend. I know I am. Uh, we always do soccer on Saturdays in my family during soccer season for the kids, and uh, kid son gets out there and plays some soccer, has a good time. Usually come home, eat some dinner, then we watch some college football and uh, spend the day watching college football. That's usually during football season. Once it becomes ski season, we tend to get away from that. Though we, um, My wife skis, I snowboard, and so my kids, we they snowboard, and we try to get out a couple times every month and go snowboarding as well during uh, November through... November is usually a little bit too early in the southeast, actually. Like, southeast is not known for the best snow in the world, but usually by about mid-November or so, up in the mountains of North Carolina, you'll get a little bit of snow, and a lot of the ski areas will open up in November. Uh, not a lot, sorry. There's one of the ski areas that'll open up in November up in, uh, north, up in the mountains of North Carolina. West Virginia, they might open up by late November, early December as well. Uh, so we try to get up there during that time, but uh, weekends are always fun. Glad it's Friday. Glad you guys are looking forward to a great weekend as well. And uh, I got something that is really interesting for, to talk about today. So uh, let me go ahead and dive right into that. Then it's a episode, it's a Guardian dot com article that came out. And it's about Facebook and how they were saying that they've already shut down a couple of accounts that are opened up by Iran and opened up by Russia to meddle in the 2020 elections. And I was looking it over, I was like, man, they, I mean, everyone knows, I think it's common knowledge to know that Russia and all these other countries are obviously going to try to meddle in the elections in some way. Uh, they're going to spend money on Facebook advertisements, they're going to spend money on social media advertisements, they're going to spend money trying to influence people's minds, especially on where they're at. It's not, it would be way harder for them to get out there and hold signs in public and try to get people to vote a certain way if you're a Russian agent or something like that at a local, in a local town. But when people are looking through Facebook, they're scrolling through different things and people share different memes and all that stuff. Like there's, there is a way to influence people through social media. That's been proven. And I'm pretty sure our, our federal government does that as well in elections all over the world. Um, we do it kind of blatantly in some ways when we go and overthrow a country like Iraq and then we put our people into power and basically everyone votes for the people that America says for them to vote for. Uh, we do it pretty blatantly, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's propaganda that goes along with it as well. Um, but, I mean, obviously, in some ways, the United States government will deny that, but the CIA has been known to try to influence elections in specific ways. They tried to do it in Egypt and, I mean, all over the Middle East, all over the world, I'm sure, they try to meddle in elections. And to me, 
Two wrongs does not make a right. I never say that. But before you point the finger at other people, uh, we just need to know as libertarians specifically that everyone's going to do it. I mean, if you're a country that has any type of pull or any type of clout, you're going to sit there and try to, you know, have some influence on other countries as well. That's just the way that nationalism is. That's the way that the countries are. They're going to want to have some kind of pull in those countries. I mean, look at Israel in America. There's an Israel lobby, lobbyists for the country of Israel in Washington, D.C. And they're open about it, too. They have they have big conferences and stuff. Can you imagine if the China lobby in Washington, D.C., the China communist lobby in Washington, D.C., had big open conferences and stuff and had flew Congress people to China on a regular basis, like the Israel lobby and Israel itself flies congress people over to their country like that's not influence on our country so you know that every country that has the need to do that is going to do that they all want to have influence in america because there's money on the line there is they want to have influence over congress they want to have influence over different bureaucracies and so forth because there's money on the line there's money going to those countries and that's the same thing with Russia and with Iran and with probably England, probably France. China's probably over here doing it too. So you just need to be aware of that. So when you're looking through different advertisements, when you're scrolling through Facebook and you share something that somebody posted that's a meme about Donald Trump or a meme against Bernie, about, or about Bernie Sanders or against Bernie Sanders or a meme in favor of this person or that person... Where did that start off? Where was the root of that particular meme? Where was the root of that particular advertisement? Where was the root of that particular article that was written? Obviously, we take things as facts that we see. Like, there was this one article that I saw the other day, and it was about, I think it was about climate change or something like that. And it, the, it was showed up in my Facebook feed that someone shared and I looked at it, it looks so legit. It does. It looked like a, a legitimate article of some newspaper that's like a big newspaper. And obviously, people that are skeptical of climate change are going to sh- are gonna share that particular article because it was kind of the headlines kind of went along with your preconceived notions of what it is, right? And lots of people will start sharing stuff like that. And even, I mean, and most people only look at the headlines on these things. They never click into it to see. And if you read the article, there's a total bias there. But the way that the article looked, when you looked at it, you're like, wow, that really does sound legitimate, you know? And it was just a person's opinion piece that was written about climate change. And whether you agree with climate change or not, you're going to be swayed one way or the other because of your preconceived notions about what that particular article has. When you look at the when you look at that headline and you read it and you're like, wow, that sounds really good. And then you just keep on scrolling and moves on. It puts it a little bit into your brain and it starts to sway your opinion just a little bit. That's propaganda. Governments have used propaganda for forever in order to sway populations towards a certain thing. How do you think Hitler was able to push Jews out of the country and get away with all the things that he did and move his 
country towards war in Europe. How do you think England was able to get involved in World War II and World War I? How do you think a lot of this stuff happens in the world? It's because governments have to sway populations in a certain direction in order to get them to go along with a certain thing. How do you think we got, how do you think the United States government got on board or got Americans on board with the idea of going into Iraq? There was a propaganda campaign that went along with it. Imagine the propaganda that's used in, in China, in India, in Mexico, in Brazil. The governments are going to propagandize their people. So governments are going to do that. It's a power struggle. It always is. We need to be aware of those things. And Facebook and social media, all of that stuff that's going on on there, a lot of it is just a power struggle. They're using it. It's a modern way to propagandize people. It's a modern way to sway people's opinions. And they're becoming experts at that stuff. So we need to be aware of that. But that's what this article is about. And it was saying that Iran and I and Russia are doing it and that that the Facebook shut down those Twitter account or those Facebook accounts. Four of them. But I'm sure there's hundreds of more hundreds more of them. It's hard it's hard to find those accounts, I'm sure. When you shut down one, ten more spring up. It's propaganda accounts. It's it's ways to get the people's minds to change. And Russia's going to do it. Iran's going to do it. The United States does it, I'm sure. The Democratic Party does it. The Republican Party does it. The Libertarian Party, in some way, I'm sure, does it as well. There's just little propaganda pieces that are going to get out there. And they're tools. It's a tool that they can use to sway public opinion. Whether it's good information or bad information, it's all perception. How you perceive the world is is the reality in some ways, right? So, jumping into the article, though, because we are all aware of that. Libertarians, we tend to be a little bit more aware of all a lot of the stuff that's going on with the propaganda and with power struggles among governments. They all want to have access to you. They all want to have... They all want to be able to have power over you, right? And if they can influence the outcomes of elections, they're going to do it. I don't doubt the fact that Russians were involved in, you know, pushing towards the election of Trump, or maybe Trump was, they were pushing for an election of Hillary, but then Trump ended up getting elected because of a lot of the stuff that was going on in his campaign. Like, I watched a documentary about it the other day about how Trump used that um, Cambridge Analytica to, you know, they were putting out, they were spending, or they put out like 25 million Facebook ads over the course of the campaign and Hillary Clinton put out like 300,000 or something and the amount of money that was spent on these advertisements versus the Clinton campaign you know what it's always been the fact that the person that learns how to use media and learns to use new media always seems to win over like Barack Obama's campaign in 2008 learned how to use social media they set the bar on how to use social media in order to get elected. 2012, same thing. 2016, the Trump administration really got on, or Trump's campaign really got on board with that, and they started using it. So it's always the fact that they're going to use that stuff. But let's jump into the article, though. Facebook discloses operations by Russia and Iran to meddle in the 2020 election. The company confirmed it has dismantled four accounts and announced initiatives to prevent foreign interference in 
U.S. campaigns. Facebook on Monday, this is by Julie Carey Wong on The Guardian, and that's on Monday, October 21st. Facebook, and then it says, Facebook on Monday disclosed it had taken down four new foreign interference operations originating from Russia and Iran, including one targeting the U.S. 2020 presidential elections that appears to be linked to the Russian troll agency, the Internet Research Agency. The suspected suspected IRA campaign had the hallmarks of a well-resourced operation that took consistent operational security steps to conceal their identity and location, the campaign used 50 Instagram accounts and one Facebook account with about 246,000 followers to publish nearly 75,000 posts, according to Graphica, a social network analysis company that reviewed the campaign for Facebook. The accounts adopt various political identities, such as pro-Trump, anti-police violence, pro-Bernie Sanders, LGBTQ, pro-feminist, pro-police pro-Confederate, according to Graphica Analysis. Most posts were not explicitly related to electoral politics, Graphica said, but were focused on general political commentary for persona development or persona development and branding. The deployment of false personas advocating for both sides of the political debate, such as nine accounts designed to look like they were run by black activists protesting against police violence, and thin blue line accounts defending police officers echoing echoes the t- tactics used by the IRA during the 26th presidential election campaign. Or 2016, sorry. So they're setting up accounts on both sides, right? That's what they're saying is that these different groups are setting up accounts on both sides, making it sound like they're coming from black activists who are against police brutality, and then the people that are defending... So they're trying to cause confusion and polarization of the masses that's interesting right they also have ones that are pro bernie sanders and pro lgbtq rights pro feminist pro police pro confederate even and pro donald trump what's interesting to me i'm reading all this stuff and i was thinking to myself i don't see any that are like pro tulsi gabbard right Like, they're accusing Tulsi Gabbard of being a proxy for the Russians or a Russian proxy. Like, she's working for the Russians and that they're trying to push her to get elected or they're trying to make her the front runner or they're trying to get her to run third party. They might be. I mean, these trolling agencies might be. These trolling companies might be. Who knows? But it specifically says they set up pro-Donald Trump, so... Trump's a Russian agent, pro-Bernie Sanders, according to that theory that um, New York Times labeled Tulsi Gabbard as a Russian agent, according to that, Trump's a Russian agent, anyone that's against ant- or anti-police violence, they're Russian agents, if you're a pro-Bernie Sanders supporter, or Bernie Sanders himself is a Russian agent, if you're gay, lesbian, bisexual, transsexual, or queer, you're a Russian agent. If you're a feminist, you're a Russian agent. If you're pro-peace, pro-Confederate, whatever you are, you're a Russian agent using the same logic that they used against Tulsi Gabbard. Because she's a Russian agent, whether she knows it or not, because they're pushing her message and trying to get her to run third party or something. 
I don't know. But the Iran and Russia, obviously, there, there, there's, there must be, there's 75,000 posts that went out that are trying to build, like, an account, right? They're trying to build name recognition from these accounts, I guess. Someone has 246,000 followers on Instagram and on Facebook through these social, social media websites. They're trying to develop these false personas so that people will share those different posts that they post, the articles that they post, and so forth. But they're using both sides. They're using all different sides. They're trying to cause division and confusion in some ways. And then we go along with it by sharing those things and stuff. So um, I don't know. I don't know the solution to these problems, guys. Facebook is its own entity. They can take all the measures they want to but we don't need to get this into the public sphere where regulators start getting involved in this stuff as well. I don't think pressure, public pressure needs to be put on like public as in you and me and others like put that pressure on Facebook to put to get put out a better product or leave that product. I don't know. There's there's free market solutions to this particular issue. It doesn't need to be regulators getting out there and trying to regulate Facebook in some ways. This is interesting. It says both the progressive and conservative fake counts attacked Joe Biden. This is what the whole whole thing says. It says, although most of the posts are focused on polarizing political issues, some specifically address the 2020 election. The fake black activist accounts primarily posted in support of Sanders and against Senator Kamala Harris, while some also attacking attacked while some also attacking former Vice President Joe Biden, both the progressive and conservative fake accounts attacked Biden. It looked like there was a systematic focus on attacking Biden from both sides. So that's interesting that they would do that. But that's because Biden's kind of running the middle ground, right? You want to kind of, if they're trying to stir up controversy, they definitely are. It's really interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that Facebook is going after them on their own and trying to shut down accounts like that. I'm not sure how I feel about them shutting down accounts, but it is their platform. They can do what they want to, right? And if Mark Zuckerberg does feel like it's being used to as a propaganda piece, then that's on him. He can go out there and do that. I don't see anything wrong with that generally. You know, now when the politicians get in there and say, like, set laws that you have to, or start trying to pass laws that you have to, you know, stifle accounts and shut people's accounts down that go against the messages that you want them to do and these approved messages and stuff like that, I think that's wrong. And I think that stifling free speech by the federal government mandating that they stifle free speech, I think is generally wrong. So, um, But then the article gets into some of the plans that they have um, to try to get rid you know, or try to stifle these accounts that are popping up that are Russian and stuff like that. Um, I know for me, for, for ION 2020, I was trying to set up an account where I can, not an account, but I was trying to be able to share these podcasts with y'all, right? So I was getting on Facebook and I was, I was sharing the groups and stuff that I'm members of, but if you want to set up a sponsored advertisement and you're doing anything political. So for me, most of my Art, or most of the podcasts that I do will have Elizabeth Warren in there, or one of the candidates in there, or Donald Trump in there. And if it has anything that's politically motivated, 
I had to set up a specific account that showed who I am, and then I had to have proof of who I am. And what they did is they ended up having to send me a letter to my home address. At that point, I had to type in some little um, random code that proved that I was me and that I lived at that address and so forth, so then I could finally do paid advertisements that have a political nature to them. So I had to prove who I was. But somebody just shared, like if I have an account that has 250,000 followers, God, I wish I had that. That would be great, right? 250,000 followers, if I had that account and I just post, if 5% or even 1% of those people share my post, and then 1% of their followers share that post, it does grow exponentially at that point. So how do you get, how do you get around that? I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me how to get around with it. I just think that um, it shows the flaw in the in the democratic system that they've figured out ways to kind of like hack the system in some ways. They've figured out ways to propagandize people towards a specific view. And I think that it's probably been like that forever where you use the most modern technology in order to propagandize people and then it leads to certain things. I'm sure as soon as the printing presses came out, like when the invention of the printing press happened and it started to go all across the world and printing presses were a pretty normal thing, propaganda got, you know, propaganda became even more of a problem within politics. And then people start to smarten up to those things, I'm sure. But I mean, look at Nazi Germany. You take a people who are just normal people like you and me, that live in Germany in the 20s who are disenfranchised that are pissed off about World War One, and the propaganda starts happening where we're going to be a great people again and all that and people get on board with it and they, they, they turn the other cheek or they turn the other way when their rights start getting trampled upon and they start they, you, know, you could blame the Jews, you could blame whoever and you end up in a situation where you have a totalitarian regime that starts starts invading other countries and starts wars and everything else and uh you know like people just go along with it they allow for that stuff to happen because they've been propagandized and then we learn like america and the world right now is in a learning situation where social media may have gotten to the point where there's just too much going on in there you know i mean i feel when i'm still sitting there looking through facebook at times it just drives me crazy. All I want to see is like my family's pictures and my friends' pictures, you know, and like them. And then all, you know, some pol- political stuff as well from the groups that I'm members of. Like, that's really all I want to see. And then I post some things for Ion 2020 and Ion the Empire. So I do that stuff. But, uh, and then people share the stuff that I post or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's interesting but the times that we live in. But, just know that the propaganda's out there. They're all trying to propagandize. And uh, other foreign countries are going to do the same thing. So it's just it's on us as consumers of this stuff to kind of realize that and then move past it. But uh, that's all I got for you guys today. It is Friday, so I'm going to go ahead and leave you guys alone, all right? Um, enjoy your weekend. Come on back on Monday and uh, listen to the show. I'll be doing this Monday through Friday until the end of the elections, okay? Uh, go ahead. If you want to, if you like what you hear, subscribe to the show. And then uh, give me a five-star rating and review if you've been listening for a while and you really like it. 
Five-star ratings are always helpful. Reviews are helpful. That's great. And uh, then you come on back on Monday, and you'll have clear vision for 2020. So, hey, y'all. I got a couple of voice messages from Sam Whitfield of the Whitfield Report. Now, if you have not listened to the Whitfield Report yet, check it out. Great show. Uh, Sam puts out a show, I believe, two or three times a week. I know that he does some live streaming as well, which... To me, I'm super impressed with that because I can't figure that out. And he does like a YouTube channel as well. Uh, great guy, great show. Uh, takes a libertarian spin on some things, but he's he's more of a conservative. A conservatarian is what I say, or what he says he is. And uh, I really like his points of view as well. But it does a great show, especially the fact that it's live a lot of times also. And you could actually listen in live if you want to. So check out the Whitfield Report. But... Uh, here's what he had to say about some stuff with the Hillary Clinton things that, were, that I was talking about earlier in the week, okay? Hey, Ray, it's Sam from the Whitfield Report. I just got done listening to, to your uh, latest podcast from uh, Tuesday. And regarding your comments about Hillary Clinton potentially uh, entering the race, I discussed this a bit on my own podcast uh, on Tuesday as well, I did a bonus episode, but, um, I do not see Hillary Clinton, uh, running successfully, um, I can already tell you that based on, uh, some conversations I've had with some of my friends who are Democrats, they will not, uh, vote for her, they can't stand her, uh, at all. Most uh, Democrats I know uh, who are millennials, at least, uh, and who aren't like huge political activists, but they still consider themselves, you know, to be political, no- politically knowledgeable, they can't stand uh, Hillary Clinton at all. I don't think uh, many people can. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, including myself, actually regard her as an evil and a horrible person. Uh, So much so that a lot of Bernie Sanders uh, supporters actually in 2016, at least the ones I know, wound up uh, coming over to the Trump side and supporting President Trump uh, just out of sheer disdain for Hillary Clinton. So that's interesting. And uh, in conclusion, I don't think they'll support her at all. As for who's going to be the uh, candidate right now, uh, you know, I haven't been paying as much attention as you have regarding the Democrat primaries, but I think, you know, it very well could be Warren. I think your uh, uh, judge comments were uh, interesting. He could be a frontrunner as well. But uh, anyway, right, I just really want to thank you once again for, uh, you know, doing the podcast and putting it out there. And uh, you're really informing me, even as I've been a political for a while, and I really enjoy your content. So, uh, you know, just thanks for providing the podcast and uh, keep up the good work, man. Uh, Thanks. So, hey, Sam, I just wanted to respond to what you had to say, and uh, we could leave it at that. But... Hey, I I generally agree that most people hate Hillary Clinton. I do. 
Uh, she lost to Donald Trump. There are still the segment of people that are in the Democratic Party that think that she had it stolen from her and that will still jump on board with her because of that. Um, younger millennial people, if you look at them, especially the Democrat, younger millennials, and especially like anyone that's under 35, I believe, is the specific number, uh, they do look, and if you look at the polls, it's like, the, it's you can see it, they go for Bernie Sanders like 60%, I think it is. I mean, it's a huge number of people, especially those that are younger, under tw- under 35, it might even be like under uh, 30, but they go for Bernie Sanders like you wouldn't even believe. So in your generation, absolutely, um, they do not like Hillary Clinton. They don't like what she stands for. She stands for the old guard. Um, although Bernie Sanders is an old guy, he stands for something in their mind that is like a new America, a revolution, things like that. And they go along with that stuff. So, uh, but there are the older people. There are the people that, uh, are, you know, the, the, the old school Democrat people. I really do think that if Hillary Clinton got in, that she would be able to get at least, at least the threshold to get into the next debates. Um, we'll see. I, I, I'm getting skeptical of whether she's going to even get into the race in the first place. I'm probably, the, the, as the days go on, I really do think that it, it gets less and less of a chance that she's going to try to get into the race. And what she would have to do is she'd have to announce some type of exploratory committee at this point. Um, I think it has to happen by about November for even even for her to even be on the ballots in the first place. So the more time goes by, the less likely it's going to be. Um, I did say this as well, that it's probably the fact that she's going to be uh, trying to sell some, or she was trying to sell some books is what it is. And I kind of alluded to that in the show as well uh, earlier this week. So that's probably the case. She's trying to sell books and being controversial helps to sell some books. Um, and it might end up, you know, if, and if she throws out a few bones that says that makes it sound like she might get into the race and stuff, then yeah, that even sells some more books. So that might be the case. That might be the case. And she might be trying to build a little platform for uh, her daughter to jump into the jump into not this race, but, you know, down the road as well for maybe even a Senate campaign or a congressional campaign or something, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, millennials hate her. I, I guarantee you anyone that's younger hates Hillary Clinton. She'll be able to get those old guard people on board if she wanted to though as well. And there are still the people that think that she had it stolen from her from Trump. You know, I'm sure she still thinks that she got it stolen from her for Trump as well. So, um, but I look forward to seeing what happens. I, I mean, t- to me being a libertarian, I honestly don't care too much about the Democrats and what happens. Um, I think it, I just look forward to a good fight between whoever they choose and Donald Trump. It'll be interesting and fun to watch. And uh, that's what I do is I just kind of sit back and uh, drink some hot coffee and uh, eat some popcorn and enjoy this, enjoy the show. Because God knows our libertarian candidates are not going to be getting too far uh, or too much publicity or anything like that as well. So um, enjoy the popcorn, you know, enjoy some popcorn, drink some coffee and, uh, enjoy the show. That's what I always say. But anyways, I appreciate you sending me a voice message. If anyone else wants to leave a voice message, you can do that as well by going to anchor.com or excuse me, anchor.fm slash ion 2020. And you could leave voicemails there. So 
Uh, and then you could have your direct response on this show. Uh, thanks for listening to Ion 2020, though. Take care.